Welcome to the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. Welcome to the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and we have a great episode in store for you today with episode number 27. I hope that each and every one of you is doing well. Hopefully you survived the 2023 year because we just rolled into... 2024. We can expect some great things from the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. Now, I'm not going to give it all away with the first episode of the new year, but if you tune in, you'll hear what the new changes will be, as well as some new exciting announcements coming up in upcoming episodes. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get into what you can expect from today's episode, episode number 27. Kicking off episode 27, I'm going to discuss a little buying spree that I went on right around the Christmas slash New Year's time period. I'll tell you what I picked up and for how much, and you can determine if I got a good deal or not on these cards. In segment number two, going to discuss things that... I would change or maybe improve on when it comes to my own personal buying, selling, or trading hockey cards. Mainly some areas that I think I might need to improve on in this upcoming season, as well as maybe some things I should possibly do when it comes to this podcast. Stay tuned for that. We have a great episode in store for you. If you've been here before, you know the drill. Let's get right into it. But before we get right into it, just a quick reminder that the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast is by no way, shape, or form a financial advice podcast when it comes to hockey cards or trading cards in general. This podcast is meant for entertainment value only, meaning that you should be entertained listening to a fool like myself give my opinions about hockey cards and what they're going to do. Now let's get into the episode. All right, here we go. Starting off episode 27 of the new year, I'm going to discuss some pickups I made right at the end of the year. Now, I typically do this every year. I typically buy a lot around the holiday time because I find people are more willing to make better deals because they probably need more cash for holiday purchases. So it's easier for me to find certain cards that I've been looking for at a great price. So I'll go through the five cards I picked up in about a four to five day time period off of eBay, like I mentioned, right around the holiday time period. So with the first card I purchased off of eBay, I purchased a Jeremy Swayman Young Guns rookie card, PSA 10, the French version, and I paid $85 US for this card. I'm pretty excited about this card. I have a couple of his French cards. Only one of them I have is graded and that came back a PSA 9. So for me to pick up a PSA 10 for under $100, and again, this guy's in contention for the Vezina this year, I was very excited to pay that price. I thought it was a steal. I know I'm homering out a little bit because he's a Boston Bruin and that's my team, but still, any goaltender that's in contention for the Vezina right now If I can pick him up in a PSA 10 format under $100, I'm definitely considering it. With the first purchase, it was my Jeremy Swayman Young Guns Rookie Card PSA 10 
French version for $85 US. The next card that I purchased was actually kind of a surprise to me. I put in a bid on this card, didn't expect to get it, and I ended up winning it. And that card was a Marco Rossi Young Guns PSA 10. And I only paid $75 US for that card. Marco Rossi, I think, is one of the talents this year that's flying under the radar for a lot of people. He's doing really well in Minnesota. Him teaming up with Kaprizov on the same line seems to be working out well for both of them, and the team's thriving. So I will definitely buy as many Marco Rossi PSA 10 Young Gun cards under $100 as I can get. So that was my next purchase, which was one that was kind of a surprise to me when I ended up winning that card for that price. Moving on to the third card that I purchased over the holiday weekend that I'm pretty excited about. I purchased a Rope Hints Young Guns rookie card, PSA 10 as well. I think you're catching a theme here with the first uh, three cards. Now, I only paid $45 for this card. Now, I know Rope, Rupe Hints is kind of struggling right now. But again, PSA 10 for a team that will be in the Stanley Cup contention. And I think he's a guy that if he can pick it up for $45, I'm willing to gamble that this card value will at least at some point be closer to the $100 value than it is to the $45 value. But this is a gamble I'm taking. But again, with all the things that I mentioned as far as the team, the different players that are on that team, the fact that they have great goaltending, great defense, will be in contention for a Stanley Cup this year. I thought this was a pretty easy purchase for only $45 US. The next card that I purchased was one that I'm very excited about getting and for the price that I've gotten it for. Now the player is one of my favorites this year. You've heard me talk about him a number of times. He's number 34 on his jersey, but he's number one in your hearts up there in Toronto. I picked up an Austin Matthews Young Guns card, BGS 9.5 for only $510 US. I thought this card was a steal. I made an offer on this card. He came back with a price. We kind of hit it around this price, you know, going back and forth. So for $500, I have a BGS 9.5 Austin Matthews rookie card. Now the subgrades, I had three 9.5s for majority of them. The only one that was a nine was the surface. Now here's the funny thing. I've looked this surface over a number of times. I don't see an issue with it. So I'm in the thought process now of probably wanting to crack this one and send it into PSA. It's definitely a gamble that I'm considering. Like I mentioned, I've looked at this card online over and over and over again, and that's why I made this purchase. Once I receive the card, I can look at it a little bit closer and determine if I'm going to send it in. I know it's a gamble, but if I get a PSA 9 in return, I don't think I'll lose a lot of money on it. Again, I think it may even increase to where at least I'll bring break even or maybe be a little bit better when the season rolls on. If that thing looks like a 10, I'm going to take the gamble on it and send it in. The Austin Matthews Young Guns Rookie Card BGS 9.5 for only $510 US. I'm ecstatic to have this card in my possession once it gets here, and then I will let you know what I do with this card in the near future, whether I crack it where I keep it as is. And with the final card that I purchased in that time period, well, let's keep it with the same player. It's another Austin Matthews card, but at least it's not a Young Guns card, so we're diverting from the other four that I purchased. But what I purchased was an Austin Matthews 
2020-2021 stature green autograph out of 25 PSA 8. So essentially, this is an Austin Matthews autograph, and I only paid $133 US. Now, I know these stature autos aren't the most coveted ones, but still, an Austin Matthews autograph out of 25 already graded, already slabbed up for $133. I will take those cards all day, every day, and I'll just take them to the bank because Austin Matthews is a top three star in the NHL. His signature on any card is going to demand some pretty significant high value once we get closer to the playoffs. I picked one up for under $200, an Austin Matthews Auto. Yes, sir, may I have another. So with my final purchase, it was the 2020-2021 Stature Green Auto of Austin Matthews PSA 8 out of 25. So there's my little buying frenzy that I did over the past week as far as the cards that I picked up. What do you think? Do you think I got some good cards? Do you think I got them for a good price? Do you think I overpaid for some? Let me know what you think on the subject. Go to the Instagram page at Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Podcast. Leave me a message. Leave me a picture of maybe some stuff you picked up in the past week before the holidays. Some cards that maybe you think you got some great deals on because of that time period. Or just tell me the cards that you got, and we'll have a discussion about those as well. Whatever you want to talk about when it comes to hockey cards, you could do so on the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper podcast on Instagram website. As I mentioned before, we're rolling into the new year, and what a lot of people like to do is they like to change some things that they've done in previous years, maybe make some resolutions, but in general, these are things you're looking to change for the upcoming year that, you know, maybe you wanted to improve in your life. Well, I'm going to do the same thing here today. I'm going to talk about some things that I need to maybe change when it comes to my buying, selling, and trading, and some other thoughts on how I can improve my hockey card experience in 2024. All right, let's get into some things that I think I can do to improve my hockey card experience in 2024. The first thing I'd like to do differently this upcoming year is when it comes to selling cards on eBay or the other platforms. I have a bad habit of holding on to cards a little bit too long, and I'm a little bit too lazy when it comes to putting all these cards up on the internet for sale, and then sometimes I think I overprice them to start out with. With my first kind of resolution that I want to change this year is I want to sell cards quicker, meaning I want to get them up on to eBay or the other platforms, my card posts, slab sharks, whatever. And I want to get up there as soon as possible rather than let them kind of meander in the piles that I have. Then from there, I want to start them at a price that I think will help them to move quicker. Now, if they're smaller cards, Maybe just starting them off at 99 cents and seeing what I get. If they're the mid-range cards, maybe I don't hit the exact comp or I started at the comp or a little below. And when offers are made, maybe I accept them a little bit quicker just to keep that cash flow going so I can, again, keep the new card stock coming in while I'm not holding on to old card stock. I think the other problem I have is I'll pick up a nice card, like for instance, that Austin Matthews Stature Auto that I mentioned, and I may hold on to it for a while, because to be honest with you, sometimes I just like to look at that card for a while, and then once I get a little bit tired of it, 
I'll move it on a little easier, but I think I need to kind of cut back on that time period. I can sell them quicker, get the cash flow rolling so I can purchase new cards in 2024. To go along with that, another thing I'm thinking of doing is starting to sell in bigger blocks of cards, or lots if you would. I'm thinking about taking some of my Young Guns cards that aren't the higher priced ones, and maybe bunching them together in groups of 20, 40, maybe 100, and sell them for a discounted price for someone who's looking for stock or to fill out maybe a collection that they're trying to get. So those are a couple of things when it comes to selling cards quicker that I'll be doing in 2024. The next thing that I'd like to change a little bit is I'd like to use some of the other grading companies a little bit more. I've mentioned before that I am a big PSA supporter. That's where I feel that I know what I'm getting when I'm sending cards in. As far as if they come back different grades, can I make money on them or not? But I think I could get into some of the other grading card companies as well especially someone like SGC who's making it pretty hard for me not to send cards there. I think their latest special is about $9, and I want to say the turnaround time is within 10 days, 15 days. That's pretty impressive. So maybe what I'll do there is send in some of my lower value cards that I think can at least get a 9, 5, or a 10 in SGC, and then at least this way they're slab, they're a little more eye-appealing on the market, a little more valuable. But again, I have to do a little more research on that. And I'm also interested in what TAG is doing as well, too. I like the idea of them having a consistent model when it comes to grading and giving you a breakdown as far as why the card didn't gem out like you thought it would. So definitely I'm going to be looking into using more grading companies in the upcoming season along with PSA, but I'll still be keeping PSA as my main go-to grading company. Next, this is something I definitely need to do, and I think you're all going to feel my pain when I say this. I need to organize my cards a lot better than they are right now. I don't think I have anything else to say on that. I think you all know exactly what I mean, so I'm going to move on to the next point. Now, the last thing I want to talk about that I think I'm going to change in the upcoming year is going to be I want to buy or trade for a little bit more unique cards than I have in the past. If you all listen to my podcast regularly, you know that my main thing that I kind of go to when it comes to hockey cards is the Young Guns card, first and foremost. Then my number two choice is usually the Future Watch Auto, and then from there, it's just kind of the interest I have in the card as a whole. But what I think I'd like to do this year is look for more unique versions of these cards. For instance, when it comes to the Young Guns card, maybe buy different variations, whether it's the exclusive, the clear cut, or maybe some buybacks with some autos on these things. Again, just something a little bit different than the typical Young Gun, because as we all know, that Young Gun card market is relatively saturated with certain players, especially the bigger, higher name players. But to have something a little more unique in that field, I think would definitely stand out more and demand a higher price. Now, the other thing I want to look to is the other variations of cards in the other sets that I really like. For instance, I love the new stature cards. I love the new uh, RPAs when it comes to statures. The ones I think they're out of, I want to say under 10, something like that. I can't remember the number. But man, those cards pop. So th this is what I want to look for is cards that have a unique quality to them so that when I do go to sell them, they kind of stand out a little bit above some of the typical cards that you would find on a regular basis. Moving forward, I hope to buy more unique cards 
in 2024. So those are some of the card-related things that I hope to change or to improve on in the upcoming year. But here's a couple of things I hope to improve on that are in the hockey card world, but necessarily don't have to deal with hockey cards specifically. First thing that I want to improve on in 2024 is when I go to the Toronto Sports Card Expo in the spring this year, which is in April 23rd through the 26th, I believe is the day coming up. Now, when I go there, I try to put together a plan as far as the cards that I want to pick up or look for. For the most part, I do an okay job with that. But I think where I need to improve on this is to come up with a better, more in-depth plan as far as the cards that I really want to purchase, as well as putting together a better price list of these cards and maybe some other cards and the values that I'm looking to pay. Now, the reason why I say this is because you have to remember when you go to the Toronto Sports Card Expo, majority of the booths up there are dealing in Canadian currency. Then you have to do the conversion to see for myself where it comes into the US dollar comparison between the two. Sometimes I find myself dealing a little too long with that at the card show. So what my plan is moving forward is to have a list of the cards that I'm looking for specifically, to have a really good price point that I wanna pay for them in US that equates to what that would be in Canadian, as well as some other cards that I'm interested in with the same guidelines. Overall, I just need to have a better plan in place on paper or on my phone when I walk through the Sports Card Expo doors so I'm not spending as much time kind of fumbling around figuring out if I'm getting a good deal or not. I know right away and I can pull the trigger on more deals. Now, seeing we're on the road of self-improvement for 2024, here's a couple of things that I'd like to maybe improve on or add to this podcast, the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know pretty much this is a one-person show. It's just me kind of rambling on about my thoughts on hockey cards or different hockey card subjects. Well, what I wanted to do is my first 25 episodes, I just wanted to kind of get everything down. I wanted to get the feel down when it came to the shows that I wanted to make, the research that was involved in it, you know, the production, the marketing when it came to putting it out there, all those things. I wanted to get that down in the first 25 episodes. Now, I think I want to move on and start interviewing some people in the hockey card or sports card field. I feel like I have the podcast down to a point where I'm pretty comfortable with my information. I'm pretty comfortable with my production and everything else. Now I think it's time to get some other important people in the hockey card market to be part of my podcast. Now I'm not saying that my podcast is going to now be an hour, two hours, three hours long like some people's who do a much better job at this than I do. But my thought process is maybe I do, you know, a segment where I interview someone and it's literally like five questions and that's it. Something quick. That's what this podcast is, a quick hockey card podcast. So that'll be something I consider improving on in 2024, getting some really cool live interviews on the podcast. And finally, the last thing I'm going to improve on this upcoming year when it comes to the podcast is improve on how I market the podcast or do a better job of it marketing to people who are not listening. Now, 
Right now, I only really kind of market on Instagram. Uh, I also do a little bit of advertising on the Hockey Card Gong Show Discord page they have. These guys are great. They'll let you kind of promote yourself on their Discord, and that's where a lot of hockey people are. But I think I have to get out there a little bit more, kind of put my name out there to some other avenues where the Hockey Card people are, that they can then tune into my episodes, because... As of right now, with 26 episodes in, I have almost over a thousand listens for those 26 episodes. Now, again, in the world of podcasting, it's nothing. It's a flea on the back of a dog. But, you know, I'm pretty proud of it because this is something that I didn't even think would last this long. I've gotten some great support from a lot of people in the hockey card market. I've gotten great support from, for instance, what I consider one of the best podcasts out there in the Hockey Card Gong Show with Josh and Troy. They're always talking about me, promoting me, talking about, you know, how they like my podcast. Things like that I really appreciate and I hope to continue and to get to more people in 2024. Oh, there you have it. There's some things that I'm going to try to improve uh, for myself when it comes to my hockey card buying, selling, and trading, as long as some things I'm going to try to improve on when it comes to the podcast as well. Hopefully this isn't like my gym membership uh, resolutions every year, you know, where I join a gym on January 1st, and then by January 6th, I don't even know where that gym is, but I continue to pay for the gym membership all year. Hopefully I go through it and make some improvements to, again, put out better content for you as well as get better cards for myself. Well, that's what I thought I should change. Tell me what you think. Tell me some of your changes you want to make for the upcoming year when it comes to hockey cards, whether it's buying, selling, or trading, or if you have some kind of content you put out there. How do you want to improve on that in 2024? You know where to go. Go to the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Podcast on Instagram and let me know. And there's the buzzer to end the period, as well as our show. But before I go, I'm going to give a player a little bit of love out there that I think you guys should consider. Think of this like the Jim Cramer show when it comes to stocks, where he just gives you like some quick shots of some stocks that are going to increase. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to call it Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast Power Play of the Day. Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast Power Play of the Day. All right, here you go. The Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast Power Play of the Day is Bobby Brink of the Philadelphia Flyers. I've been able to watch his game in the past couple of weeks, and he looks like a solid player. You can get his PSA 10 for under $70 US, and his pop count is currently only 45 for that, with his raw card selling for about $5 US. So there you have it. There's the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast Power Play of the Day card. Bobby Brink of the Philadelphia Flyers. Hope you all enjoyed episode number 27 of the podcast. As always, you know what to do if you enjoy it. Give me a like, give me a follow, give me a share. Hey, let everybody know about this podcast. So again, the larger this grows, the more people involved in our conversation, the better the conversation will be. I'd like to thank each and every one of you who take the time out of your day to listen to this little podcast. Like I mentioned before, it grows on a daily basis with listeners, with follows, 
and with likes. So let's keep up the good work when it comes to this podcast to get it out there. So for the Top Shelf Cookie Sniper Hockey Card Podcast, I'm your host, Jay. This has been episode number 27, and we hope to see you real soon.